News for the Soul is now in its 25th year of broadcasting. Tune in live or visit the archives at newsforthesoul.com. That's newsforthesoul.com. to reintroduce herself, her guest, and what's up for today. Welcome back. Welcome to Eyes Wide Open. We are multifaceted beings living in a multidimensional existence. When we hold the power of perception, this power alone paints our reality. Perception influences the things we see and the things we don't see. Together, we'll explore the mystical and the material, the metaphysical and the physical, the supernatural and the concrete, the seen and the unseen. Hi, I am your host for tonight and birthday girl, Janessa Finley Ford. I'm an empowerment coach and healer, and I guide leaders, healers, and high achievers to turn their obstacles into opportunities, their trials into triumphs, as they master the art of being human and embody their next level self. I have got a banging guest. I got that word from our guest. She uses it all the time in the most fun and uplifting way, and it absolutely perfectly describes her. Mara and I have known each other for maybe a half a heartbeat and a whole entire lifetime all at the same time. We have become incredibly quick friends and colleagues, and I am so honored to be able to share my birthday and all of her fascinating amazingness with you all this evening. So Mara's grand vision revolves around radically aiding people in transforming their lives and uncovering their true potential. She is a spirited woman who's always hungry for more, a quality not surprising for a Capricorn with a late ADHD diagnosis. She knows firsthand how seemingly simple tasks can become daunting and the monotony of repetition can take its toll. Even the joyful act of playing with children can sometimes feel like a challenge. For Mara, the pillars of fulfilling life lie in the timeless practices of manifestation, mindfulness, and meditation. These are the principles she holds dear in her pursuit of her best life. Join Mara on her mission to inspire financial independence and foster radical self-acceptance. And we'll definitely get information with how you can connect with Mara at the end of the show because Mara's digital marketing is amazing. I put this in some of the promo material for those of you who follow on socials because Mara shoots holes in my excuse of I ain't got time for that by simplifying things down to just a matter of minutes, really, to do the thing. And that's just one small portion of her brilliance. So without further ado, I'm going to welcome Mara to jump in here and get us introduced with a fun story that allows us to really be the real her. I love it so much. Thank you. First of all, I just want to say thank you for having me on today. Um, it is such an honor to be here, and I agree with you entirely. It is a, I feel it's an honor to be in your space, and I'm so glad that we've connected. It's uh, just so whole. And to be here with you on your birthday, I just, I'm just filled with love and thank you for having me and happy birthday. Uh, so many well wishes you. to you. 
Thank you. I just have to give a shout out to mom and dad Finley just briefly because the true MVPers of my birthday are my parents. They somehow managed to get through my challenging teenage years and embraced (laughs) my rebel spirit that always wanted to kind of do things a little different and they didn't kill me or themselves. So I feel like everyone's winning. So mom (laughs) and dad, thank you for all of your love. Thank you for having me here on earth and let's go. Okay. You Mara, tell me about you. Absolutely. I love that by the way. Okay. So me, so listen, it's kind of funny. The, the story that is just absolutely, absolutely insisting on coming out today. Like I, it came up right away when I realized like, or when I read like, Oh, we're going to tell a story, a funny story. And I kept asking myself like, no, it has to be a different story. No, it has to be a different story. But this is the one that's coming up, and I think it it's in some way ties to actually the end of the show. So I kind of love that. So for those of you who are meta and who are keeping track, here we go. So the year was 2004. I was 19 years old. I had just acquired my first what really felt like professional job. I'd been working uh, really actually since I was about 12 years old doing labor work. And I thought I landed myself a position at a publishing house. And I just, I felt so whole in the name and the thing. And I'm like, yes, this is for me. And to get to this job, I had to take two buses and a C bus. And it took probably about an hour and a quarter. It was a lengthy process. And I was getting paid salary. So I thought, you know, this is a so, again, so exciting, so professional. I had so many hopes and anticipations wrapped up in this. And, of course, before too long, I realized that actually salary in this, uh, in this field meant below, you know, minimum wage. And in actuality, I was just, you know, I was doing a lot of work for not a lot of payoff. And I ended up getting very bored. It was a data entry job. So before too long... Your 19-year-old girl was drinking and partying a whole lot for the sake of escapism. I was just escaping. And I was having a good time, to be perfectly honest. I wasn't having a good time at work. And as we understand why, right? Of course I wasn't. So one morning, still probably drunk. I'd say I was hungover, but that's probably a lie. I was still drunk, making my way to work stopped for my coffee and my bagel, as I always did before literally running from one bus to the sea bus. I missed my sea bus. I watch it go. Here we are. I'm sitting with my bagel and my, and my coffee, and I'm reflecting on life. And then I start to wonder, I wonder I, 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 what time is it? How late am I going to be for work this morning? And I'm holding, and I wish you could see me now because I'm holding my bagel in one hand and I'm holding my coffee in the other. And the, my hand that I've got the coffee in is also the hand that I've got my watch on. So I literally, I'm out of it, and I just turn my hand to look at my watch, and I literally pour my coffee all over myself and the bench and the floor, and immediately I start laughing. as soon as, And I'm drenched by the time I've noticed, you know what I mean? And I burst out laughing. I can't even with this sort of comedy of errors situation that I'm in. And I look around and not one person is laughing. Not one person is even acknowledging the situation, right? 
Because it's wild. It's like 7.30 in the morning and everybody is feeling this way. Nobody wants to be here. Everybody feels like, you know, I mean, so many people are on the same wavelength. And then they've got this girl that's now making a mess and hysterically laughing. But it really rang. It was a moment. And I think why I needed to say it to you here today is that it was just a real moment in my in my history, in my in, in my timeline when I realized, like, this norm, this thing that we're doing, that we're falling in line for, is is clearly not for me. Also, have some self-worth. I am acting out in this way because actually I'm not being supported in a way that I really need to be. So that moment was so funny for me. I still think about it. I still laugh at the ridiculousness of it all. And it really taught me a big, big lesson. And actually, uh, I jumped off from that point um, to really become the woman I would say that I am now. So that's my funny story for you today. I hope hope that helps you get to know me a little. (laughs) What a powerful story. I think there's a lot of treasure in the fact you were able to laugh in that situation. I've talked about that before with people. Like what we can find humor in sometimes isn't necessarily – super funny but yet it is and when we can have that lightness in life um where everyone else maybe they're just staring at you (laughs) and not and not seeing any humor in it because they are still half asleep but I feel like just letting yourself shine and not feeling like you needed to dim yourself because people were heavier in that space rather than embracing the lightness of it (laughs) I think that's such a trueness of you and the woman I know as Mara too. Thank you so much. Yeah. I look back at her and I, through all the turmoil that she was in at the time and, and the, the, the ridiculous things that she was getting up to, you know, I do look at that woman and I think, damn, you, you really did have, you did have a solid idea of what you wanted and where you were going to go and who the fuck you are. Like, you knew. So, I just took some learning from there to get from that from that version of me to this version of me. So, of course. Amazing. Okay, so I forgot to say, I, I'm still training myself, everyone. I need to do some UFO holding with my head and my brain. But we are taking callers, not taking callers, email your questions, like anything goes today. So we're just whatever happens, happens. If there's people who want to join us on air, we'll do it. And if not, great. Email us your questions, whatever. We're here for anything. So Very excited I, for we're questions. really going to explore neurodivergence today, but I don't, maybe it's a part of it. There, the serendipitous thing happened with Mara and I this week. And so I feel like, you know, nothing is coincidence. It's the motto that I live my life by. So I feel like we need to start with that. There's so much value in it for all of the listeners. So we're going to start there and then see where the conversation goes. So Mara introduced Love me it. to a badass list. Last Friday, I think. Friday, yeah. 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 And yeah. she got it, introduced to it through Jen Gottlieb. I'm not sure I'm saying the last name correctly. But in real time, while Mar and I are on Zoom, I had a package delivered to my house, not expecting a package. And so Mara says, at the end of the call, we have to open it. Like, you have to open it. I want to know what it is. I'm like, okay, but I'll do it. Whatever. I have no idea. It sounds like a book, maybe. It's a book. It's Jen Gottlieb's book. 
And I haven't read a book, if I'm being quite honest, to out myself. I used to read every single day, and this year it just has not fell in alignment. But I'm like, well, I mean, I'll read this whenever I start reading books again, which happened to be like two days later. And then I very quickly into the book, like the third chapter or something, talks about the badass list. And I'm like, (laughs) clearly none of this happened by accident. So we shall share the badass list with the audience. And Mara doesn't know all of these details. She's learning some of this right now in real time. But since this is her treasure and tool she introduced to me, she's going to get to explain it all to you. And then we can share my vulnerable share about what came up for me when she introduced me to it. Um, And we'll just go from there. So Mara, what's a badass list? Oh, okay. I just love that. I have goosebumps and my hair is standing up on end because I did know some of the details, but I didn't realize that it was actually the fact that you cracked the book and and you found the badass list in there that that drew you, again, drew it up for you. So I, uh, that is just an absolute delight for me. And in addition, I had another package sent to me yesterday and they put my middle name badass. So the third the third synchronicity, if you will, and like, okay, done doing the thing, writing the badass list right now. And I did it and I said it to you this morning. But yeah, like, they kept getting a nudge, 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 nudge from the universe. Yeah, so go, what is the badass? Oh my goodness. Okay, fabulous. Let's get into it. So, simply put, the badass list is a, a collection, and you want to go, you know, you can go back as far as childhood. I like to. Um, I, cause I just like the, the chronological, uh, timeline of it all. And I find for a lot of us working chronologically actually helps bring up the memories of the things. Um, so you just, you're looking for those moments from childhood to now where you felt like a badass, where you were just like, I accomplished a thing and I feel good about it. And, and this is, you know, this is, this is a marker of who I am and this is an accolade, I love the term accolade, actually. It, it, it really reflects for me with the badass list, something that you just, you carry pride in. And I was actually going to offer this to you, uh, Janessa, which was to say, let's talk about a 20, a 20 prideful moments of your life instead of the badass moments as I didn't realize that we had had this development, but I'll offer that uh, to your listeners as well. Right. Um, as we move through this conversation, you'll, you will understand what I'm saying here more. If the term badass doesn't really sit well with you and it doesn't bring up those feelings of like, I'm awesome and I did this and this is good. And this was a moment I can really feel excellent about Maybe it's a, 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 a list of 20 things you're prideful of, 20 moments of pride. So that's the badass mm-hmm. list. It's pretty simple, but you keep it close and you keep it as a, a reference point, right? It's something you revisit and you reread and you remember and you go back to your power. When you're not in your power, you can pull it up and you can, you can place yourself in that, that place of power like you like. So good for yes, you. Yes, and that's... That is so key for content creation to do for digital marketers, right? Because people will feel your energy through the videos and things that you make. And we're not all on every day. Like, you know, I used to think there was a moment in time I was like that, that was the end line, that I was going to make it to the finish line and always be on top of my game. Like, that doesn't exist. We're human. We 
tips and tilts and it's topsy-turvy and we have to have the tools to bring us back into that place of power. And so it sounds so simple. And a lot of my lives lately on social media have been all around these simple little things that we like to write off and not actually take the half an hour or whatever amount of time, maybe it's 15 minutes, to complete because it's, oh, that's so simple. Like, what good is that going to do? No, no. Like, that's the thing. It's some of the most simplistic tools that bring you the most fundamental internal shift. And so that's really what this experience was like for me because the first thing that came up for me was, um, I suppose I'm a badass because I was the first female assistant team lead on a correctional emergency response team and riot suppression. <laughs> okay. And that's so far out of alignment from who I am today that I was a little overwhelmed with the dissonance between the fact that why would I even be saying this is badass when I don't actually support the values held within that system, even if it was a leadership role, even if it, whatever, let certain characteristics about me shine. And then it, I was overwhelmed with another layer of essentially betrayal to my body because within that training, it was very paramilitaristic. <laughs> it was very military-ish. <laughs> it's a little easier for me to say. And we <laughs> literally beat each other with these batons on the nerves in your leg so that we knew exactly what it was going to be feeling like of what we would be doing to another human being should we ever have to deploy some of the tools. So I got sprayed with pepper spray, which was less bad than the batons. And Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. being really truly trained to not respond to trauma, really essentially. Like there's a whole lot of trauma happening to my body in that training. And I stood there, I didn't wince, I didn't shed a tear. And I thought I was really tough and really something to go through all of that. And in hindsight, oh, my gosh, I betrayed my body so bad, so badly. And I thought it was cool. (laughs) Put a little cherry on top of the cake. That was cool. So it was not the response Mara was expecting in real time. But it was I've, I've, not, I've not gotten that response yet. That is, I, I've never had somebody respond like that to that particular question, which is so great because it opens up the spectrum. We can look at it in all of these different ways. But I also love that it served you all the same. Like it didn't serve you in the way that it – or it didn't kind of go in the normal way that it normally does, but it still showed up for you. So very cool. Yeah, it was a very radical exercise of self-forgiveness. And just a few short days later, I'm really in my power with it. And I had to truly, I can't remember if you said these words to me or if it was something that came as I processed through it. But I had to love every version. I think you did say this. I had to love every version of myself 
that got me to where I am today. Because without having been her, I wouldn't know the extent of what my husband is experiencing. I wouldn't know what that system is all about. I wouldn't know the fundamentals of what the training and mindset and all of that is. And I wouldn't trade that for the world. So I just had to reconcile that dissonance and discrepancy between where I am today and see the value in it, that even though I wouldn't I would never sign up to treat another human like that ever or allow that to happen to myself today. It served me. It serves me still today. And once I could truly embody that, it really unwound a lot of heaviness that I had been carrying around the self-betrayal and not standing up for myself and not forgiving myself for all those versions that I have been. So thank you, Mara. It's amazing stuff. I, my heart is just absolutely bursting. You know, I, I sat there with you and I, I had a big reflection after that session. And that was what I saw. Like you're, you're naming all of these things that I'm like, this, this is it. Right. And it's the willingness to reflect. It's the willingness to dive into the discomfort. It's the willingness to, you know, be with the dualities, right? It's the big dualities of life that we end up railing against. Well, I'm not that. Well, I'm not this, or I am this, or I'm, you know, and I'm not sure if I used the word love in our session, but what I do think I said was that honoring the past self was really important, that honoring that, you know, at 20, whatever, in your early 20s when this went down, that you were doing the best that you knew, right? And that core fundamental, the value, the moral is where we go back to and and honor, right? And honor that you've grown that you know more now and right. So just oh creme de la creme, excellent, excellent work. So great. So good. Thank you. So proud of you. Thank you for the introduction. And then thank you, yeah. universe, for saying, you're not getting it. I'm gonna keep nudging you. <laughs> And nudging you and nudging you. I'm very passive in my coaching and my teaching. I don't, even if I think, you know, if I really strongly feel you should, you should do this, I'm not going to say that. I'm a, I'm very passive. I'm a take this if it feels right to you and use it if it feels right to you kind of um, teacher. So it's just really funny that the book showed up at exactly the <laughs> right. It's like the universe was like, Ooh, she might need more of a push than that. <laughs> yeah. There is a grasshopper that entered my life in the meantime also. And I haven't looked up all of the spiritual meanings of grasshoppers, but like take a leap of faith, move forward in a specific area without fear um, is enlightenment perceived new realities. I mean, I feel like some of these things speak to that. So yeah, in the midst of all of this, there was also a grasshopper that had a very long trip from a kale field to the grocery store to my fridge, which almost killed it, almost also entering my oven to get roasted. And I found it. I'm not sure who was more scared in the moment or surprised or shocked or whatever. So I named it Hoppy. Hoppy's been living in my house because it's been winter cold here. Right. And I did not have the heart to just send it out into the wilderness and die in the cold. It is going to get released tomorrow because the weather is going to be nice enough. They'll have at least three more days of life in its natural habitat and then 
nature can take its course and whatever happens. But yes, so I mean, like, Badass is my middle name, the book, all of the things with the book and the grasshopper. Like, universe is screaming at me. And the universe I'm, is screaming I'm, at I'm, you. I promise I'm trying to listen at <laughs> 2 p.m. I am listening. I am taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into your late ADHD diagnosis and life for you. Tell me about it. What is that like? What's that experience like in mastering your art of being human? Ooh, I love it. Okay. So a little bit of a backstory, which is just to say that, like, I really did at a young age, I was exhibiting um, signs that things were maybe a little different for me, that certain things were maybe a little bit of a struggle, but also major, major intelligence. Um, and like, actually, you said to me the other day, when things are genetic or hereditary, often we will assume that it's normal or it's natural, right? Um, and not that I'm not normal or natural, <laughs> um, but some things that I struggle with, lots of other people don't struggle with, right? So I never really had any assistance in that regard, and so my symptoms got worse and worse and worse. And so I did start drinking heavily um, by 13 or 14, uh, I would imagine as some form of coping for that and otherwise. Uh, but really the anxiety and the panic attacks were what I think got me and what really led me um, to having a difficult and, and complicated relationship with alcohol for many years. Um that led to, you know, in my early 20s, really looking for self-healing, looking for, you know, how do I get a hold of myself? Because really that's what I was always told is it was really a matter of me just needing to get a hold of myself, be less emotional, be more organized, um, care about things, you know, put in an effort, that type of thing. Um Mm -mm -mm. So I spent the majority of my life up into about, so I'm 38, I think maybe 36 was about the time at which I was diagnosed. So I spent that time believing that what I was going through was really just deficiency on my end. It was just, again, kind of going, going through those things. I just said lack of caring, lack of interest, et cetera. So I worked very hard myself between my early 20s and my, and my late 20s to gain focus, to learn routine, to get a hold of my emotions. Um, and through that process, I learned so many helpful tools um, and just really gave myself the opportunity to learn both my body and my brain without any labels attached. You know, so I, I was, I, I didn't know I had ADHD. I didn't know I was autistic. I didn't understand any, like any of that. I really had no idea. But so then you fast forward to, and then 
I did. I ended up in a job that was very, very stressful with lots and lots of hours and pushed me in a way that I'd never been pushed before. And I started having uh, tantrums. So I'd have just a meltdown tantrum, essentially, which I now know is an autistic trait um, of just overload, overload, overwhelm, overload, living in survival mode for months and months, years and years. And that was when I, I kind of like I went through this wave in my 20s. I really in, incorporated my yogic learning and my my focusing and my, my the yoga for mindset and for emotional stability. And when I went into film, which is the job that I was talking about, I really I moved away from that. I stopped that kind of work and I started my creation. I was building props at work. Um, and then I was training acrobatics and circus in the evening. And I ended up getting into a really dark place. Like I just lost the mindset or I buried kind of the mindset aspect of it, of it for a, a period of time. And it was really in counseling that my, it was my counselor that kind of ended up drawing out and helping me pinpoint, like actually we're dealing with neurodivergency here. We've got, there's ADHD present here okay, this all makes sense. And now we can start addressing that as a reality and not just something that I have figured out and now I'm trying to communicate with people without proper language, right? So something that people with ADHD deal with is a weird like mouth noise thing. I mean, it's all kinds of noises, but it's really typical for us to get of sense of rage when you hear someone chewing. I don't know why it's chewing, but it's chewing. It's a thing. It's these little things in your life when when you've been absolutely trained to believe that this is a deficiency on your part. This is a lack of patience on your part. This is you having a temper that you need to address, right? Having that narrative switch to actually just the sound of chewing is really bothersome to me and it's okay you know and it didn't I I had already come to those conclusions honestly but to be able to put a name to it is so wholesome it's being seen essentially it's being felt it's saying in the moments when you just don't, and, and when you're constantly masking, because that's what happens, right, is we have these weird, these, these I don't know, idioms, idioms, these interesting little things, like the chewing thing or whatever, right? And they come up for us all the time, all through the day, and so you're constantly masking, right? You're telling yourself, okay, don't freak out because that person's chewing. That's a weird thing. People don't do that. Regular people don't do that. Just don't do that, Right. Oh, this comes up. Hey, don't react that way because that's weird. Regular people don't do that. Just whatever. So it's absolutely exhausting, right? And so you end up with this duality again, this on one hand, you have personal responsibility. I don't want to make somebody feeling or I don't want some, I don't want to make someone feel badly because they're chewing. That's my shit, not their shit, Right. On the other hand, sometimes to be able to just give yourself the grace of saying, this is just agitating the ever-living out of me right now because it is. 
and it's not my fault and there's nothing wrong with me and there's nothing wrong with them and it's just simply, it's just okay. Just carry on, leave the room, come back in a bit, you know? I find people are much, much, much more acceptant of those things from me now that I have words for it and it's not just me being me if that makes sense so the first at least year that the first in the first year that I knew I had ADHD I I told nearly no one I talked about it not at all and it wasn't out of a place of shame or embarrassment I wasn't ashamed or embarrassed at all I was relieved but it just for 36 years or whatever it was a part of my identity not to talk about those troubles. So I just didn't talk about it. I didn't think that there was value in talking about it. I'm like, you know, people have their troubles. They know what their troubles are. And we're all here working out our troubles sort of alongside of each other in, in, in as well as what we do in our day-to-day lives, <laughs> work, joy, et cetera, right? Yeah. I think that that's the, it's been the most wholesome thing is just actually allowing myself to name it, to name particular behaviors that I have and without shame and just with full honesty and to be able to allow relationships to form naturally, no hiding, no nothing like, Hey, this is how I am. I know it might be a little weird, but here she blows. Well, also still trying to be, I take personal responsibility. I want to meet people halfway. I'm not looking to say like, deal with it. You know, I've got ADHD, deal with my, deal with my shit. That's net, pardon me. That's never it. It's just, man, sometimes it's nice to say I have time blindness <laughs> and it's real. It's not just something that I've been saying since I was 10 years old or whatever. Right. So yeah. A lot of what I'm, I think I'm hearing you say is that the more okay you became with what makes you tick, the more okay other people became with it and really being able to understand the origin of it versus having it mean something about you, which typically for us, the meaning that we make out of it is that we're insufficient or deficient in some kind of way, allowed a greater harmony for you for others. I 100% agree with that. Like the more you're comfortable with yourself and like, because, you know, when you're stuck in that space of not understanding and just, and and in a shame cycle with it, like you do truly believe like it's just your deficiency. So you're constantly lying and hiding things because you can't get on, you can't, but in the overwhelm of it all, you have a trouble getting on top of these things that you struggle with. Right. Right. So you end up coming across with quite dirty energy, I think, because again, you're you're constantly manipulating and lying just a little bit, just to make all of the pieces fit in this wide, making your square pieces fit in this round hole, right? You got to tape some things together sometimes, <laughs> as opposed to fitting them together like they're supposed to. So, but I also do really believe, and I think it's it's it would be a real shame for me to not say it out loud, which is that I do think that. People have a hard time sometimes accepting accepting uh, as humans, we like to understand, and I don't think that 
it's any different when it comes to like, oh, your mind works differently than mine does. Like, I don't think that a lot of people have a natural ability to be um, compassionate to that or give grace to that. And I think that I have experienced myself and seen in other people that without that definition, you don't get the same kind of respect or compassionate value from the people around you. You know, like you say, you've got ADHD and you're self-diagnosed and nine out of 10 people that meet you are just like, or whatever, like not, that's a ridiculous number, but most people that you tell that to are going to have a sense of doubt. Like, oh, you diagnosed yourself? Well, you probably don't. And this is just convenient for you to be able to say that you, you know, you have this thing that lends itself to not being able to identify the time or being very lackluster around dates, et cetera. Um, so I really do think that it gave me that. I, I do think that it gave me, I guess, a bit of credibility in this topic that is still very kind of taboo. Like there's still so many people that don't believe that ADHD or neurodivergencies are a thing. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 again, it's just coming with that credibility and, and, I'm sure that that does change the atmosphere and energy to the person as well. I just, I think people like credibility. So, yeah. I'm going to come right back to where we're leaving yeah. off, but real quick for the audience, two things. Yes. Last week's uh, episode, that your inner terrain reflects your, what you see in your outer world. This is like exactly what Mara is talking about right now. If you haven't heard that episode, get back to it in your free time. Next time you're on the treadmill, on a drive, whatever, hit it up. The other thing, the Enneagram, also a lot of what you're saying about understanding where the origin of a behavior comes from instead of self-rejection because I don't like this part of me, it's inconvenient, it doesn't work very well, it's a weakness, I'm so annoyed with myself. The Enneagram gives people such insight to themselves and self-acceptance. We have Enneagram episodes too, my friends. Go listen to them. I just, a person yesterday introduced to the Enneagram and her mind was blown with what she understood about herself within about an hour of research and reading about her profile. I'm not making this stuff up. These things are huge. Okay, so back to the self-rejection. Like, I'm just talking about the identity, right? The identity that we hold about ourselves. So how did those, you know, like I just talked about, the parts of ourselves that are weaknesses or inconvenient or we don't like them, and it leads to that self-rejection, how did some of the things that you experience in your neurodivergence or ADHD lead to an identity for you? Or were you able to keep that separate of oh, this no. isn't actually who <laughs> I am as just a part of the human experience? So one thing you'll definitely you commonly hear people with ADHD say is like, is there nothing that's actually a part of my personality? Can I have one personality trait that's actually my personality and not the ADHD or Enneagram? your Enneagram placement or whatever, and I could imagine it translates to that. Um, it actually, for me, 
uh, it definitely formed into a personality of like mega hyper responsibility and like diligent efficiency. I got to a place where, and like, that's, again, it's partially how I grew up as well. I grew up on the water, like literally grew, I grew up on boats, um, like cruising on the water and on the ocean and living on the ocean. It's a very dangerous situation 100% of the time. So you learn you know, you you learn steps to keep yourself safe. You learn steps to keep the boat. Uh, what what do they what do they say? It's uh, floating, floating, moving, and fighting. I think is the uh, is how you keep a boat, you know, functioning, right? So you're kind of that's how I looked at life. You know, is like how do we keep it floating? How do we keep it moving? And how do we keep it fighting? Which I would say is like action. How do we continue taking action? But that in addition to the shame and the embarrassment and the constant fucking up that comes with being a human being that is in the now, because that is very much what ADHD is or like what I am, right? I'm in the now. I am deep wired centuries ago to be present and watching and learning so that I can keep myself and my tribe safe. Right. That's how it developed. It absolutely developed into that personality. Like I, I saw, I was thinking about it the other day. I had the most amazing assist when I was working on set on films, but I actually did see him shame two or three other people. I can't remember. I was thinking about it. I was like, there's two or three people for not being organized as I was organized is when you're working with me on set, you're comfortable, you're safe, you're fucking, you're, you're in it because you know that I've done my work. I've done my research. I have my things. We're going to be great. So working in film was actually a really interesting perspective for me. And I remember talking to my counselor about this, which I said, I wish more people would talk about how positive a thing it is to actually uh, compare yourself to other people. We constantly talk about don't compare yourself, don't compare yourself, don't compare yourself. If you never compare yourself, how do you know where you fall in the stage of life, right? Like, how do you know? Because I would have told you at that time, if I didn't have that reflection in my world, I would have told you, like, I'm unorganized, I have a hard time with routine, I'm inefficient, I'm whatever, because that's what I'd always been told. And so I always worked on trying to get that up. So, it, you know, when I entered film at whatever, 30, some, some odd, it was very clear to me very quickly how potent my abilities were and how capable I was. Um, but that was absolutely an identity from the way my mind works and trying to fit myself into the world um, in the best possible way. For sure. I want to plant this seed and you can just check in and see if it feels true to you or not. It's not something that we need to discuss at length so we can manage time. But we talked about personality and identity somewhat interchangeably, or that's the way I heard it. And I'm working with a client um, in in this past week about how they're actually separate. And our identity 
evolves with us over time. It's how we see ourselves. Well, our personality, our, you know, I refer to it through the Enneagram is the default programming that we create, we receive mostly at conception. And there's also some things we pick up environmentally. And that is really our operating system, like our default you know, just the way we approach life, view the world, the filter through which we see it. But our identity is really how we label ourselves and how we see ourselves. And that can evolve and change as we evolve and change. And so I challenge people to approach those two things very separately to be the most empowered that they can be in how they see themselves and really feeling like they're living in alignment with the truest version of them. So we have about five more minutes, and I really want to hear, and you mentioned the two most intriguing topics to me, honestly. I mean, definitely intrigued by neurodiversion. I don't want to diminish that or your experience with that at all. But I think your childhood Mm -hmm. is fascinating. And Mm -hmm. growing up, living on a boat, and then the film set, like this also is something that I feel like there's so many stories, so many stories about, but just Give us the high points of real real value of how you went from growing up on a boat, working in film, to digital marketing, and just being the powerhouse that you are with drawing out people's true potential um, with those that you work with. Uh, What a gorgeous, gorgeous question. And I will immediately throw to all of the brilliant people that I met when I lived on the water. Um, So I grew up on the ocean. I think we moved on into our first float home when I was five. Um, I refused to wear my life jacket. um, And what it came down to between me and my parents was I refused to wear the life jacket. I had to learn how to swim And I said, that's fine. I'll learn how to swim. And it was January um, and they threw me in the water and I literally learned how to swim because I was, that was it. I was not wearing this God darn life jacket. It was coming off and that was the way it was. So in, in its basis, that is such a beautiful, that that's a beautiful story of, of growing up and living on the water and, and really (laughs) getting a little bit of a hard bring up, you know, but also, you know, what a, what a wonderful uh, understanding of personal responsibility, what a wonderful understanding of cause and effect. Um, I would also say that I have very much beat up my body over the years and we definitely have more stories to talk about there. But I think that that is probably one of the first training, physical training moments of my life where I realized that my body was tremendously capable. My mind was tremendously capable and that we kind of just needed to go from there with it. Um, living on the ocean, you know, is a very fringe place to live. As I said, it's, there's a lot of dangers to it and, um, and inconsistencies and et cetera. So the people that are drawn to being there are often absolute wild cards. And so I got to grow up around all of these absolutely phenomenal wild cards, these artists and people living in ways that nobody talks about people living, right? Um, the, the female builders that I got to be around, the women that built boats and played in this very masculine world, 
um, just phenomenal. The writers, like it was just every artist you can imagine. That was my family. That was my community. Right. And when I say family and community, I mean, when a storm hits in the middle of the night, the alarms go off and everybody gets up and everyone fights to save your livelihood because that's what your floating art gallery is. It's a livelihood. Right. So deep aspect of community deep aspect of responsibility moving from there and and again so on the fringe you don't i didn't grow up with tv i didn't grow up with any of that you know like a cable any of that nonsense so my parents loved movies so we had an absolutely giant movie collection between the two of them they were actually separated when i was young but we lived nearby each other interesting point but anyways uh just loved the movies. We watched a lot of movies. Um, again, I grew up in these spaces that had very artistic people. So guess what? A lot of these little ports we pulled into had video stores, little fringe video stores that had the craziest videos that nobody else had anywhere. So I really got a world of education that you just don't get outside, right? So Moving to TV and film, I really always felt like it was the one thing that, you know, I just, when I was depressed, I'd watch a movie and it would cheer me up. I needed a little creative boost. I'd watch a movie and I'd get a little something, right? I was pulled to uh, TV and film in Vancouver a number of times that just didn't end up happening. I ended up missing, missing, missing. And we'll have to save this story for another time. But I got in uh, about six years ago now by invitation from my partner who had randomly found his way in. So I spent six years building props and uh, working directly for actors, directly for directors and producers. That's who as a prop builder and a, and a props person you're going to work for. So the underlying thing here from being on the water through to building props was that I was also around a lot of wealthy people. And by wealthy, I mean extremely wealthy people. I got to... Um, Oh, geez, I can't remember anybody's names right now. I want to say uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger definitely came into the into the bay that I lived in with his 115-foot yacht. Um, so many people. We got so many famous people into the bay, and I met so many famous people on their giant boat, their helicopters, and it was just such a tremendously fabulous intersection of what life is. I grew up very, very, very poor. We, we didn't have that kind of money, but I did get that kind of leisure because of where I was and who I was with. This brings me around to my absolute understanding that anyone can really do and achieve whatever level of fame or wealth they desire. So... Pardon me. Oops, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> the passion that this poured into me, and I would say that because I've always felt tremendously passionate about it, was that as a human being, it is your right to do what you like with your time. We live in a world where we have to make money. M money is as is air to us in our civilization. We need it as we need air, right? So it really has been a whole life 
of coming around to being radically passionate about helping people find their joy, to find the thing that makes them get up at five o'clock in the morning because they just can't help it. They just need to, to get after the thing that they want. And I'm also old enough that, you know, when I was a kid, these people, these artists, they didn't have the internet to help them get their word out there. They couldn't build an online community, right? So that's where my passion intersects. It intersects with the artists, with the creatives, looking for that deeply passionate life that pays. They don't got to be the starving artists that we grew up thinking that you had to be. Yeah, I love that so much. And I really love how that does bring everything full circle to here. So for people who want to get in your space, learn from you, work with you, where can they find you? Find me on Instagram. I am at uh, Marley the Muse is my primary page. Um, and I have a freebie right now if you're interested in digital marketing, if you're interested interested in turning your passion into profit. Uh, I have a little freebie there. Uh, we'll drop my website uh, address, and you can just go on and sign up for it and grab it. And I love to chat, love, 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 love to talk options, love to talk interest and, and creation. So do get into my DMs. That is the absolute best way to get a hold of me is to get in my DMs. You won't regret it. Mara, like, we barely scratched the surface here today, friends, seriously. Um, I have three things to throw at you guys really quickly, and this one is not one of them. Do your badass list. Just a reminder. We talked about it in the beginning. Don't sleep on it. So shameless plugs for Fiercely Radiant Soul, Stronger Together. First of all, Matthew Perry, his passing. I actually met the man. I spent some time with him. He was an amazing human, and we were actually lobbying for funding for addiction recovery at the time, and I have a ton of experience with addiction. So if you're a listener out there and you're dealing, wrestling, struggling with an addiction or know someone who is ready for help, please reach out to me. I can help with long-term sobriety, lasting healing. Second of all, Stronger Together. Our next call is tomorrow evening, and we are moving into Money Mindset this month, and it's our live coaching call. So if you are interested in the Stronger Together community, now is a time to act. And Third of all, next Wednesday, I'm launching a two-part masterclass called Resurrection, and we are going to talk how you rise from life's challenges. It's going to be after the radio show next Wednesday. It's completely free. Go to my website, www.fiercelyradiantsoul.com. Click on the Eyes Wide Open page. You're going to find Mara's information there tomorrow. It'll be up. Not today. Tomorrow. You'll get her stuff tomorrow. My Resurrection Masterclass is there, too. Next week, join me back here at the same time with SJ, and we are going to get into money mindset. It's going to be some good, juicy, profitable stuff. Can't wait to see you there. Then, whatever. And in the meantime, friends, keep your eyes wide open. Thank you so much for having me. Hear all of our previously aired broadcasts of News for the Soul online at newsforthesoul.com. Now let's get back to the show.
With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 